Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. designed to help you fall asleep. On Snoozecast, we read excerpts from public domain works and, occasionally, original stories. Find us on snoozecast.com and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Instagram, among others. We'd like to thank our listeners. If you enjoy our show, please write us a review. Also, share it with a friend. This episode is brought to you by Copper. Tonight, we'll be reading from the 1895 novel, The Wonderful Visit, by H.G. Wells. With an angel, a creature of fantasy, unlike a religious angel, as protagonist and taking place in contemporary England, the book could be classified as contemporary fantasy, although the genre was not recognized in Wells' time. The Wonderful Visit also has strong satirical themes, gently mocking customs and institutions of Victorian England, as well as idealistic rebellion itself. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. The wonderful visit. The night of the strange bird. On the night of the strange bird, many people at Sitterton 
and some nearer, saw a glare on the Sitterford moor. But no one in Sitterford saw it, for most of Sitterford was abed. All day the wind had been rising, so that the larks on the moor chirruped fitfully near the ground, or rose only to be driven like leaves before the wind. The sun set in a bloody welter of clouds, and the moon was hidden. The glare, they say, was golden like a beam shining out of the sky, not a uniform blaze, but broken all over by curving flashes like the waving of swords. It lasted but a moment and left the night dark and obscure. There were letters about it in nature and a rough drawing that no one thought very like. You may see it for yourself, the drawing that was unlike the glare, on page 42 of volume 102 of that publication. None in Sitterford saw the light, but Annie Hooker Durgham's wife was lying awake, and she saw the reflection of it, a flickering tongue of gold, dancing on the wall. She, too, was one of those who heard the sound. The others who heard the sound were Lumpy Durgan and Amory's mother. They said it was a sound like children singing and a throbbing of harp strings carried on a rush of notes like that which sometimes comes from an organ. It began and ended like the opening and shutting of a door. And before and after they heard nothing but the night wind howling over the moor and the noise of the caves under Sitterford Cliff. Amory's mother said she wanted to cry when she heard it, but Lumpy was only sorry he could hear no more. That is as much as anyone can tell you of the glare upon Sitterford Moor and the alleged music therewith. And whether these had any real connection with the strange bird whose history follows is more than I can say. But I set it down here for reasons that will be more apparent as the story proceeds. The Coming of the Strange Bird Sandy Bright was coming down the road from Spinner's carrying a side of bacon he had taken in exchange for a clock. He saw nothing of the light, but he heard and saw the strange.